Hi, this is Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20 Minute Scriptorian, where we follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, and while this is an official, I am a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. A little bit scholarly, a little bit inspirational, this podcast will attempt to help us become better disciples of Christ. Join me, Scriptorians. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the 20-Minute Scriptorian, and we are headed into Genesis and the story of Noah. All right, so we are still in the first half of Genesis. We've talked about the creation, the fall, and then some of the stories of the primeval history, some of the structure and things to kind of give us a, a background, a basis, the hyperlinks, things that we're going to need to know. And now let's jump into the story of Noah. Noah is one of our first and most complex stories after the story of Adam and Eve. It is an awesome story that is going to have themes and parallels that are going to go continuing on throughout the, uh, specifically the Old Testament, but you're going to also see it all the way through all scripture. So this little short section of just a few chapters, um, chapter 6, verse 9 through about 9 through 29, so 6, chapter 6 through 9, are really the section or the centerpiece. Now, last time we talked about the Toledot. The Toledot is that uh, genealogies, the begats. And when we hit uh, the Toledot of Noah, one of the things you should outline is it is the most extensive in all of the treatments so far. So this is going to tell us why uh, and how important the story of Noah is. It's important, but it also is going to help the author. So if Moses is telling the story, uh, the author, we don't always, by the way, we don't always think that this is done by Moses, but I'll just say Moses for now. So if Moses is the author of the story, he is trying to underscore some of these things. And one of the things that he's actually underscoring are some of these main themes, uh, some main ideas of what the scriptures are all about. Now, remember, the scriptures are not to serve as a history. They're not a video lesson. They're not a science lesson. They're great for some of those things, but they're to teach us more about our relationship to God, what God intends to tell us about our purpose of life and what he has uh, intended for us. So the author's underscoring those things. So one of them, uh, one of the themes we're going to see is how the Lord judges sin but also continues to give blessing. So we saw that in the Garden of Eden. Uh, Humanity chooses to transgress, just like us. It's our transgression. We choose to sin. We choose to make choices, or we're going to make these choices. And yet, God has made a way to bless us. He has made a way for salvation. So we're going to see that right out of... um, uh, Genesis, uh, right from the story of, of Adam and Eve and the creation, but we're also going to see it in Noah, that people are uh, so destructive that we're going to be in this flood situation, the world's going to be wiped out, and yet the Lord is going to create a way for mercy and blessing. So also, uh, another theme you're going to see is the salvation hope for uh, those that have selected God. So we sometimes call this the chosen or the elected um, But I think he's trying to tell us, I want to save you all, right? And so we are going to see this salvation hope for those that turn to the Lord. So that's the second theme. Also, this idea of uh, blessing, this idea of, of, um, of mercy is going to be found not only in the flood story, the story you think of with Noah, but there's this second half. Once Noah lands, Noah... Uh, gets drunk and there's this weird drunken PG-13 story and 
And yet, those are two parallel and separate stories. Um, and remember that Noah is going to fall because of the fruit of a tree, just like Adam and Eve. So you're going to see this parallel when we make choices, the results of the choices, the fruits of, of what we choose are going to become something that is going to uh, be the cause of our fall, cause of our sin, as cause of our transgression. And yet God is going to create a way to save us. So even though there's this flood story, this, this uh, divine mercy of the flood, there's also mercy in the decisions that were made uh, with the patriarch's drunkenness. So, so anyway, so first it's this worldwide scope, the whole earth and the flood, and then we're going to zoom in on this microcosm of just Noah. You're going to see that zoom out, zoom in, in all of Genesis. We are going to say the first half of Genesis is this zoom out, you're going to do this cosmic history, and then we're going to zoom in on the family of Abraham and keep zooming, zoom, 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 and on the family of Abraham. You're going to see the same thing in this couplet with Noah. Noah the whole earth is covered with the flood and then zoom in and yet we're going to see the um, blessing of Noah even though uh, he, he gets drunk and has this uh, this event so it's like big picture little picture um, over and over oh Rusty's saying hi hey Rusty so you're going to see this um, couplet again these two sides so um, the genealogical history this toledot this begat 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 is going to bind the two first in nine uh, 18 through 19, this big picture, and then in 9, 28 through 29, we're going to conclude these things. So it's kind of underscoring the story that we should remember. So there's some of the first things I want you to remember about this centerpiece of Genesis 1 through 11. The centerpiece after the uh, creation of the flood, Noah is the big section, right? It's just chapters and chapters of the story. Um, so again, some of these themes. Some other things to remember, we're going to see what's happening in life now that we're outside the garden. So we've learned some of those about Cain and Abel. We've learned some of those about Lamech. We've seen some of these things with Babylon. But we're also going to see a divine blessing. God is constantly trying to bless humanity, but we also see humanity's sin. So this, these themes are just constant in our minds. Um, now remember, these stories are big, big picture stories. So you know, did the whole earth get covered and it was the baptism of the earth and all that? Sure, sure. Um, I choose to look at the story of Genesis as trying to give us these big themes that we can really wrap our head around that, that we're going to understand through the rest of the gospel story. So first, humanity's sin, right? There is sin in the world. We see that from the fall, we transgression, and then now we're seeing the sin of things like Cain, or we're going to see Babylon, or in this case, even the humanity in the whole earth so sin it's penalty but we're also seeing this divine blessing how much god's like ah what do i do it's so corrupt and he is going to continue to save so noah his family and the eight um we're going to see him blessing uh, different people so you're going to see that theme of god continually showing mercy forbearance blessing and, and a lot of times through a family so he's choosing a family. So we're going to see that theme that's going to con uh, continue on. Um, another thing I wanted to show you is how the story of kind of Adam and Noah are paralleled. So Adam is this saved human, right? So Eve's there too, but just hang on with me for a second. Adam, and Adam has three sons, right? Cain, Abel, and Seth. And Noah is the last named descendant of Seth, and he is going to uh, 
exhibit the same creation, a new creation, of the destruction and rebirth of creation. And he has three sons, right? So you're going to see this, um, the same parallel. So we're also going to see Adam has all these animals, right? He's naming the animals, and you're going to see that Noah has the animals, right? He puts them on the ark. We also see um, this family history of kind of the procreation of the land. So, so um, the garden is created, and then we're going to see a new garden, right? We're also going to see kind of the creation be devolved. So where we saw the creation with Adam, where it was like the separating of the waters, right? Chaos, the chaos that is water. It's going to be separated and things are going to be ordered. At the flood, it's going to be undone. So the, the waters are going to be, they're not going to be held back anymore. And so instead of land, it's going to be whoosh, waters and they're going to come from above and below. And so it's kind of an undoing, this undoing, this reset. So chaos and, and disorder, and then it goes back again. So Noah First, you're going to have kind of an uncreation, but then Noah's going to enjoy this procreation of the land again, and then it's going to again start yielding fruit and things just like Eden. So you're going to see this new creation. So, um, so just just notice that there are these parallels between Adam and the creation and Noah and creation. So just just a couple of things there. So this new world, this creation. Um, the, the seas and, and order and disorder coming together. So a couple of themes, and we should see those. Those are, those are intentional. They're trying to tell us about these themes that we talked about earlier, about God blessing the people, and yet we continue to sin, and he's trying to find a way for us to come back. Okay, another thing that is really cool about the story of Noah that you might not have caught at first blush is how parallel it is to Moses. So you're like, Moses? But you already know it. Remember how Moses is going to be saved from the big bad. Moses' story, it's Pharaoh, but it's also in the waters, right? They put baby Moses in an ark in the water, right? And he's saved as a baby. And then we see Noah, who is saved from the water by being in an ark, right? Pretty cool. Some other parallels that when you think about them, you're like, oh, yeah. But uh, there's a lot of language in kind of ceremonial matters, right? So you're going to see in the second half of Exodus a lot about the clean and unclean animals and the, the, um, the different laws. And so we're going to see that with Noah as well, the clean and unclean animals. So it says the animals go in two by two, but if they're the clean animals, they take seven. We also see a lot of those parallels with different numbers. So you're going to see things like 40 days and 40 nights it rains, and you're also going to see, and there are a couple of times, 40, 40 days and 40 nights with Noah, it rains, and then they're on the ark. And then you're also going to see 40 days and 40 nights that Moses fasts at the base of Sinai. You're also going to see Moses just 40 years in Egypt, then 40 years in Midian, and then 40 years with the um, with the children of Israel. So you see this 40 themes. You're going to see uh, themes of seven, right? Um, themes of three. So you're just going to see some of these rabbinical numbers being used. So they're trying to remind us about some of those. You're also going to see some um, covenant and law. You're going to see some ideas of, uh, remember, the, the rainbow. So it's the first time we see a sign of the covenant in the uh, Old Testament is when the whole earth is not going to be destroyed again, then the Lord puts his sign 
um, in his bow in the skies. We, we say it's the rainbow. And, and so this is a covenant God makes with all of us. It's not a, co a two-way covenant, but it's a, a, a sign. And then we're going to see the sign in the Sabbath that, that Moses has, that it's a sign for all time that we are God's people when we obey the Sabbath. So you're going to see these covenants and signs being used uh, both times. Also, you're going to see Moses, one of Moses's, uh, the blessings that Moses has taken them is he's taken them, the people to the Lord's rest, right? We're kind of that back to Eden, back to the Lord's rest. Now, Noah is his name. Noah means rest. So it's the rest of the Noah of the Lord, the rest. And so you're like this play on words of the meaning of his name um, should maybe jump out of us a little bit. So so pretty cool that, that Noah is going to remind us of Moses. And you're like, does it? Totally. So pretty cool. So this very center story of the Genesis 1 through 11, this just beginning story is the story of Moses. And you're going to see the um, God remembering Moses and the waters receding is kind of the center highlight, this chiasmic center, this little X marks the spot when we get to it and said, God blessing and bringing back order and blessing to all of us. So pretty cool, pretty cool story in Noah. There's so much there. Now, there are probably a couple more things that you're remembering. What else do you remember about the story of Noah? One of them you're going to remember is like, well, Lori, that's kind of reminds me of the brother of Jared, and they were in those boats that were round like a dish or tight like a dish, and they couldn't find the lights, and then there was an idea that they had a window in Noah's Ark that was also a light uh, kind of like um, the Jaredites. So you're going to see these ties that are tying the stories together as well as we're going to move um, from that story of Babylon and the Jaredites. So some really great ties uh, to uh, revealed scripture um, of Noah and the Jaredites and being passed on to a new creation in the new world as well. So the Lord's showing us that couplet, that duality, the story told again and again. So you see it Moses and Noah, but you're going to see Noah and the Jaredites, and you're going to see Babylon and the Jaredites. And so pretty, pretty cool um, episodes there. Okay, what else do we see? One of the things I mentioned earlier was the seven, the 40, and the days. Um, numbers sometimes mean actual numbers, but sometimes they're symbolic. So one of the ones we keep mentioning is seven. And so you're going to see um, sevens used a bunch, 40s, and a 150 days uh, used quite often. So it's seven, so that's kind of drawing you to, to, to this time span. Um, in the story of Noah is going to underscore, again, a kind of an, a chiasmus, an X marks the spot in the middle where it draws in and then draws back out in parallel. So seven days of waiting for the flood, seven days of waiting for the flood again, then 40 days of the flood, 150 days of the water triumphing, um, and then 150 days the water has to drain off, then 40 more days of wait, then seven days wait, then seven days wait. So seven, seven, forty, one, fifty, one, fifty, forty, seven, seven. So you take really when they're giving you numbers like that, they're like, hey, they're telling me something, and I think it is drawing us into the peak of the story. The X marks the spot where the water is finally over, right? And that's the understanding. So we're seeing kind of the structure, the the chaos that sin brought about is going to be put back to order. So a good theme in our lives, when chaos, be, because of sin and destruction, 
comes in our lives, death and sin, the Lord is going to put order back. And that's like the creation and it's like the flood. So a theme and a chiasmus and the numbers are all underscoring this idea of God's in charge and God can bring order back in our lives as well. Now what sets Noah apart? Why is Noah chosen in this story? And I think there are some interesting things that tell us about what, how what the Lord wants of us. So Noah is distinguished, set apart from the people that he's living around, those evil people in his time, because of his um, upright character. It says that he is the only good guy around. He is, uh, has a lot of piety. He, uh, he, he worships God. He has courage. Um, and later in Ezekiel and Isaiah, it says that he's, he becomes renowned for that kind of courage to stand up in his times. We live in a time when we may feel like we're the only guy or gal that's out there. So remember Noah, right? He has this courage, just like Ezekiel or Isaiah says. Uh, he also has a virtue of godliness. So Peter talks about having godliness. Um, Hebrews talks about this idea of being like God. And we see this idea just even in section 84, the oath and covenant of the priesthood, that godliness is a feature that we that God is looking for, some kind of a character of virtue of, of being like him and so we want to uh, look for that we're trying to be righteous we're trying to be not just not just righteous in that we do good things but that we're in right relationship with God that we have repented that we are um, continually striving to be like our savior so that's what Noah is like he, Noah is someone who's constantly turning to the Lord. So that's why he gets this favored place. So it's underlining to us what this godliness, this right relationship with the Lord that he's expecting of us. And that's what he's asking. And then he'll put order and blessing back into our life. It can be sure that we have a uh, right relationship. It can be obedience. But I love that, um, that one of the ideas is that we are in right relationship, that we have understood what the Lord's asked and we have turned to one more idea about the character of Noah that sets him apart. I think it teaches us something about what God is asking us to be. And it says that he is uh, not only righteous, uh, this is the first time we hear that word, uh, zadik, uh, zadika, which is righteous. Um, again, this idea that, um, that we're righteous or just, it has something to do with our conduct, right? But it also has to be that uh, we have turned to God, that we are in right relationship. It says he's also blameless or complete. Um, and I love that word in the New Testament um, and in the Book of Mormon, be therefore perfect. The word means complete, meaning you don't have any chinks in your armor. Uh, it doesn't mean that you are without sin. It means you're blameless, meaning you're sound. You are, you have integrity. Um, it's when you use that word righteous with the word of like complete and sound, um, it, it means that that you are, I, I like the idea, chink, no chinks in your armor, that, that you are sound character, that you're turning towards God, you're continually striving to be like him. Um, not that you don't make sin, but you're continually facing him, that you're in the right direction. But you're also without blemish, right? You don't have something that you need to fix in your life, no sin, you're just... You're kind of turning now we're never going to be perfect so we're not saying that we are sinless um, we're, we're not saying Noah was sinless but what we are saying 
is that we are distinguished from our generation. We're one that's turning towards God. We're not one that's going with that sinful generation, the people like Noah. We are turning towards him. So we are in his family, right? We are participating in the sacrament. We are uh, within covenant. We are turning towards him in repentance. We're trying. And I think that's what it's saying. He is sound. He's whole. He, uh, because God and Christ make him so. So I think um, that's the other day. The other one is it walks with God. So that's, again, a little bit about moral conduct, right? We are doing the right things that the Lord's asking us. We try to be righteous. Uh, um, God walked with Noah. Noah walks with God. So I love that we are one in, we are dedicated to him. We are one that we are in covenant, right? We, our walk is with him. We have chosen to covenant with him. So just some ideas, covenant, um, being in right relationship, turning towards him or repentance, uh, all good things, all things that we can do, setting ourselves away from uh, the people of our generation. Um, in contrast to the corrupt world, which there's quite a focus on in these chapters. So Noah is a fantastic story. Jump back in, see if you don't see some of these things and things that we can learn that are similar to our day, that we can learn how to turn to God, be in covenant with him. All right, scriptorians, that's it. Keep on reading.